0: welcome to the heart soul wisdom podcast a journey of self-discovery and transformation moira sutton and her amazing guests share real life stories tools and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears obstacles and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy passion and happiness that you desire now here's your host create the life you love empowerment life coach moira sutton
1: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 37, Unlock Your Beautiful, Live Your Blue Skies Life, with CEO of Blue Skies Life, Christina Shay. Christina's life story is one of resilience. She has been whittled twice, experienced crushing personal and financial loss while raising her daughters as a single mother. She has experienced debilitating health conditions resulting from that corporate burnout, After 20 years of corporate America, she turned her focus to build her own inclusive lifestyle wellness company, Blue Skies Life. What a great name. A purpose-led and holistic lifestyle wellness company designed to help you renew and recharge your body, mind, and soul. She's also an advocate, speaker, and educator for medical cannabis to support women's health. She holds a science of cannabis diploma from McMaster University has spoken on international panels throughout Canada and in the Caribbean, which is close to my heart, the Caribbean, (laughs) helping to educate doctors and researchers on plant medicine. Christina is passionate, really about life, and about driving positive change for women globally, socially, and professionally. She is launching a content platform called Making Her Story. She feels everyone has a story of resilience. This will be a creative, supportive space for women to share, elevate, inspire, connect, and empower women. So without further ado, I'm so excited. I would like to introduce you to Christina Shea. Welcome Christina. Thank you so much,
2: Moira. I am so honored to be here and having a delightful conversation about life and um and all that goes into it. So thank you for having
1: me. You're welcome. I'm so thrilled I met you. When I first went to your site, wow, it's so beautiful. It's uh it's it's Oh, I just felt at ease even going to your site, which people will have this connection, you know, the com, or that I'll help all those links at the end of this conversation. But it's just you have beautiful, like, you're, we're going to talk about it, How you know, just enjoying life, <laughs> our home, our body, our mind, our soul and our yeah. home. So but I, let's just start, you do have quite the story, your personal journey and story, like, you know, with your health and well being whittled twice. And then you know, you have personal financial crises and you were raising your daughter alone. You know, how old were you and how did you get through all that? Like, what was the first part of this? Because I know that that will inspire and empower our listeners. So take take the, the lead and there you go. <laughs> I'll
2: take the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, I, I always like sometimes people that, you know, it's when I share this story, it can either overwhelm people. <laughs> or inspire but I really do hope that it does inspire because it's not just about telling my story um, it's about really touching people and everybody as I said has a story of some kind and maybe that you know they can take some words of wisdom from whatever I've experienced and hopefully not maybe go down some of the hurt and the anguish I did even if you do have you know challenges so really to go back in time I was really young when I got married like a lot of women in our generation I'm, I'm not afraid to say I'm turning 49 this September and I'm proud of it um, I'm proud of all the years that I have. I do have a few lines and so on. Sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like,' oh, you know, but you know I've earned every single one of them, probably not always in a good way. but I've learned a lot. So when I was twenty one, I got married and I've met um the man that I married when I was fifteen, actually, so I had spent oh. nine years almost. yeah. So and he was a bit older than me. He was like twenty when I married or not married. so when he, yeah, he was twenty when I met him. So I um got married at twenty one. Um, And by the age of 24, I was widowed and suddenly and unexpectedly he was hit by a truck um, on a motorcycle. So we we used to ride. I was not with him that day. I was actually at work like I often have been most of my, my life. So I was, you know, working on a Sunday and I was working for a corporation for one of the banks as an agency. And I was doing some some work there. And I just remember receiving um, I'm very intuitive. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh-huh. I I felt something was going to be wrong with this bike that he had bought. And I don't want to go down that whole story too much because, but I, we had argued about it and I wanted him to get rid of it. And it was a new bike and it was just a, a gut feeling. And um, anyway, so I had, you know, gone to work a couple of days later and I got a phone call on a Sunday from his, one of his uh, friend's mothers, which I, you know, normally don't talk to. And I thought, I thought oh hi it's so wonderful I'm thinking why is she calling me I'm like I know why she's calling me because John is dead and it was Mm. just came like that and I remember falling to the floor and just screaming and there's nobody in this corporate building it was you know a financial building here where I live in Burlington actually and I just I know it sounds really awful but I I mean there was I think one person and they were probably wondering why I was screaming and like agony like it felt not because of my personal well you know personal anguish really and, um, yeah, and I had to identify, I went to the hospital and I don't want to get into the gory mm-hmm. situation, but it was okay. not a pretty thing. Yeah. So Imagine. I don't want to also trigger anyone. Um, I'm very conscious of that. So, but it was, um, the one thing I'll say out of that, um, you know, because I really do believe in organ donation, um, unfortunately could not do much with that except for his beautiful blue eyes and he was Italian. And, um, so his eyes gave, um, some other young man sight. So I always like to try to find there's some purpose in that going to get a little teary thinking about it, but mm-hmm. some young man has, or he's maybe not so young now, but has sight because of John. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I hope that somehow maybe you can see through his eyes as well as the world. And, and so that's sort of how I frame that. But I was, I, you know, I didn't have anything. I could talk about financials and all that, but I didn't have anything in my name. So you can imagine no will, nothing in my name. And, and financially young. that was, <laughs> yeah, I was very young and mm-hmm. I had to move out of my condo at the time and I couldn't even talk like people just were throwing some you know I would say acquaintance friends at that time because really they were his friends because that's one lesson I also learned as a woman never ever let your friends go to the side and don't live your life and even though he was a wonderful man in many ways I was living my life through his friends and his world and his lens Mm -hmm. and so when he passed away I didn't have I didn't even know who I was like I remember looking in the mirror and it was quite a journey from there but I remember actually lying on the grass after um outside my condo in a very kind of urban area and I didn't you know I had to move so that was done and I was trying to figure out where I'm going to go because I really didn't want to go back to my parents and I don't want to get into that whole story because that's a whole other side story um so but I was looking up at the sky and it was a blue beautiful day it was probably I think around June maybe month of June um, he died in April 6th, but, um, you know, I had to get out and I couldn't afford to, to stay there. And there was other situations underlying that, but I just remember looking at the blue skies thinking it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It's a beautiful day. And I hope you can see this beautiful day. Um, and that I had mantra about the blue skies and the blue skies life. I've carried that with me since that day. So that's kind of, and then I spelled blue skies with a Y, which I will talk about a little bit later, but that Y everybody has a Y. Um, I didn't even know this was a trending thing, you know, Simon Sinek, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not sure if that's pronouncing it, but he always says, um, you know, starting with your why. Everybody has a why. You might, and that why might change. But for me, um, that has shifted throughout the years. But having that why and that purpose behind everything you do is very important. So people often say, well, why is blue skies spelled with a why? Because it's plural, blue skies, life. And it's not spelled incorrectly. I do know how to spell. I did go to school. But uh, <laughs> it's spelled with a why because it is all about your why. So that's a little bit about my first husband. I yes. don't know if you
1: want to continue,
2: continue about the next stage there. Um, Let's just stop for a minute I'm, and go into yeah, that. yeah because, yes, yes.
1: Um, But what you're saying, what I really like the people to listen to is what you're saying about the big why. And really, I didn't mm. even see it the other way. I, I know that when I when we talked originally that I like the way it's felt like that. And I like the way it looks, even if like you're saying from spelling, but, you know, I always talk about definitely what is your big why, And mine was spelled W-H-Y, but I had a whole program around that because that's what holds you, you know, your, your, your vision, your mission, how you're about going, you know, taking steps every day. Are you aligned with your values? You know, be on focus with what is the bigger picture. And I always say about, you know, let go of the how. It doesn't mean you just sit around and expect the universe to tell you what to do, but it it means taking action and knowing that each day is this taking me to the step I'm doing or what I'm doing to the bigger picture of what I want to create. And that's part of the show and meeting people like yourself that, you know, people who are out there really inspiring, elevating women, you know, empowering them to really go and create the life they love. That's my brand. Create the life you love on your terms, which was important to me. Not to do it like Susie Ann or Joe over there. Do it as Christina. Do it as Moira. <laughs> so definitely that whole thing about keeping your big Y and blue skies. That's yeah. I know today, just before we were going to record our neighbor they had the people come in to mow their lawn. I said, Oh, no. <laughs> you know? And then I looked up at the sky and I went, No, think of Christina. They'll be finished. <laughs> They'll be finished shortly. We won't hear them. And we don't they finished. So yes, you so you had that path. And then you you remarried and you remarried somebody older. And and then, you know, you have your daughter and, and now he passes and then that whole area like how did you when he passed, how did you because you said it was one of the hardest things, share that with your daughter? How because that's a that's a moment, uh, very sacred and yes. how to do that and the wisdom that you gained. Great. Yes. How how did you do that? And and for other people who might have similar or family or friends that have this experience, you know, or, or a community, you know, we have a lot going on in the world right now, and you know, I do meditation every day slash prayer. And sending out to people who are struggling, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and and communities that are going through different uh, struggles and challenges. So, how did how did you do that with your daughter through that challenge? Um,
2: that's a that's a really great question. I apologize. I think there was a ding here. Let me just close my windows here. <laughs> Sorry, no. All down. I don't know if you can edit that. Again.
1: I've had guests who have their dogs outside barking, or beautiful um, children
2: <laughs> screaming uh, about. Not so much uh, children, uh, but
1: <laughs> dogs. And uh, Shiva Carr is a, a guest I've had many times. She's with the Heart Math Institute. I don't know if you know it. It's it's close to my heart to uh, get her message out in that company. Oh, but
2: I'd love to learn about that.
1: Yes. You, uh, yeah, But, yeah, that whole thing. And her husband was speaking, doing an interview in another room. And, like, there was lots going on. We just went with it. Like, people know. Yeah, like, it's life. It's, called, it's called life. It's called,
2: <laughs> it's called life. And uh, sometimes, like, I, I don't know, I think the, the hashtag ping, ping-demic is trending right now. But, anyway, I've turned, hopefully, all the pings off. Um, so the question was... <laughs> about um yeah so you know how did I tell her I mean I don't know if there's any right or wrong way for this to be quite frank it was it was I remember um you know I know he was she she won't listen to this but he actually passed away on Valentine's Day which I've never actually told her that Mm -hmm. but um so it because at that point he, he I did marry an older man and I don't I don't want to go down all that that rabbit hole about him per se. He was a good man at heart, but he had his issues. Let's just put
1: it that way. His demons, and he died. Yes,
2: Mm -hmm. yes, his demons, and we all have them to some Mm -hmm. extent. But sometimes, some people just for whatever reason, you know, they take over their soul, and it's it's very sad. And Mm -hmm. um, I will always, always love him and have a special place in my heart. And I know a lot of people because of all the things that went down in our marriage. A lot of people didn't understand. And it was almost, it was really weird. No matter what you do as a widow, it seems like I'm getting all teary-eyed. They judge you. And so you kind of have to turn that off. It's very hard. And I think any, especially any young widow, um, like anything, you know, under 65, I think you are, you don't grieve enough or you grieve too much or you're not being, you know, sensitive to your daughter or you're not your child um, or you shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. And it was ironic because we'd had some very difficult challenges in our marriage and we actually parted ways and we we weren't divorced, but we were not living together. And at that point in time, because of his issues, to be quite honest, and it wasn't healthy for, for me or my daughter at that point in time, but he was working on them. So he died very unexpectedly, which is, I'll just leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just broke my heart, but people couldn't understand that, um, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. I put on his gravestone, beloved husband. And, mm-hmm. you know, he'll always, I'm going to get all <laughs> teary, but, and even my own friends, they just, they actually, blasted me for putting this and I'm like you know these are my feelings and it's no one and that's it's not just about grief but I think because if you haven't gone through it or or people just don't understand it so they meet sometimes they mean well sometimes they don't but it's it's just you have to own your own grief and I actually had to somehow put that all aside and it was really hard but when the when I first found out of course it was like the same thing it's like you just fall to the floor it was rather similar to the same experience. I wasn't expecting that. He was actually doing quite well. And I was very proud of him because he seemed like he was doing well emotionally and, you know, with some of the addictions in his life. But it, it just came unexpectedly. And so I had, you know, especially the day like that, which meant, you know, it's a, it's a day of love, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so it was quite uh, hard to <laughs> digest. Um, we, we actually found out a couple of days later because that's when he was found. but to really speak to that. So I was like, Oh my God, the first thing that came to my mind was how am I going to tell my daughter that her father will never be able to visit her see her never coming home really mm-hmm. like permanently. This is not, you know, a temporary thing. Like, you know, he sees her, you know, every other day or something like that. Um, he was such a good father to her. I have to say Um, always there for her and always there for me to be quite frank. He was always the man. If I called, if I needed help, like something wrong with my car or like, he was the guy I called. So, but I just thought, okay, she was at the school. I had to pick her up. I honestly did not. I had gathered my 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 mother, not that particularly she would know what to do, And that's it. I don't think anybody knew what to do. I just knew that I needed somebody around me. But at the end of the day, it was really me that held it all together. i I just basically picked her up from school. Um, she'd already been having some issues with anxiety and she's, she champions this so I can talk about it. I don't go into her own, you know, issues, but so it was really difficult I just basically sat her on the couch and I hugged her. And of course she sensed she's, she's very intuitive. (laughs) Like, why did you pull me out of school? And why are you hugging me on the couch? Right. Um, you know, and of course it was just, it was devastating. It's, there's no easy way. There's no sugar coating. I mean, you word it in such a way that you can, I don't even remember what I said, basically you know that her father will always love her and that he's always here with us that he will never be physically here with us in the same way mm-hmm. um but he'll always be with you and in your heart and he'll be always there for you and he's I still say that to her this day and it's still an ongoing uh, sorry I'm getting all like stuffy <laughs> I'm not a pretty crier um <laughs> I you know sometimes You know, and, you know, the thing is, like, throughout the last few years, because it was 2016, he passed, like, I really did focus on her. And it's been an ongoing process for me since then to kind of deal with my own emotions, because I've been very, very focused on making sure that she's okay. But yeah, it was difficult. And it still continues to be, you know, but she's a very um, strong, resilient young lady. And I'm very, very proud of her. Um, she's gone through her own journey and, and to lose her father. And I lost my father in the same year, which was kind of ironic.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Just be just before Christmas. So both, um, I don't know, times of family and, you know, normally celebration and love. And we both lost our fathers, but, you know, obviously my father was much older and I was older, but I can't imagine, you know, losing um, what she has to go through. And so, yes, I had to, um, Raise her, and I—I I was financially raising her anyway on my own. In uh, you know, I won't go down all that too. But for many years, and regardless, but now I'm totally on my own. I don't really have family support in the way people would think. You know, you would in that situation. And uh, I just you know kept my chin up, and actually was going to McMaster University for a different course. I actually, have a plethora of diplomas and degrees. But, um, and business administration, and I remember them telling me, you know, if you want it, because it was my last course, they told me, uh, if you want to, you know, come back to it later, you can, I said, no, this is my last course. And I know, you know, even despite all our differences, I know that Mike would want me to finish this. And not only did I finish it, I actually... I wasn't trying to become, you know, the top, uh, you know, graduate, but I became, I actually had the highest GPA and I was awarded on stage. And here I am, was I in my forties getting, you know, finally a degree at McMaster for my business administration and marketing and comms and from like, I was, I'd gone to college and all that before, but it was quite an accomplishment for me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was there on stage and my daughter was very proud of me too. So it gave me some solace, I suppose, because I felt he was there. Um, and yeah, with my daughter, I, it's been, yeah, it's been a journey because she, she actually ended up in Nova Scotia where um, you Which, will be moving.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yes. Two weeks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. And, you know, I think it's a place like I, um, she went to grade 11, 12 to a beautiful school there called King's Edge Hill, but I liked it because there was sense sort of tradition and also in Nova Scotia, there is, I feel a little bit more of a ease of pace. Like it's not so, you know, Rapid, not Toronto. like here. Yeah, it's not Toronto. We're just outside Toronto, but it's not like that. And mm-hmm. I was trying to keep my job at the time. And it was a very difficult situation that I was in. Um, because there were some you know layoffs and things going on, which eventually I did leave that company. But financially it was just um, you know, challenging. You're just paying for a funeral and you're um, not expecting that, and you know, and then I put my daughter in a private school because I felt that was the best support. And I did receive a lot of judgment on that too, but you have to listen to your heart, mm-hmm. and I think. That is one of the hardest things And your, you know, your your um, podcast and business heart. So, so I'm so I'm sorry I'm getting it all mixed yeah, up. Because heart, I'm soul, wisdom. Soul it's soul wisdom. Lo- That's I did have it right. Okay, yeah. Heart, soul, wisdom, and you have to listen to your heart because your soul will give you the wisdom. That's how I look at it, and I knew intuitively that I was I was not able to totally facilitate everything. I was starting to lose you know, lose her because I felt like she needed more support than I could give her. And I was still there for her in every which way. And she was never forced to go to the school. But it was something I knew that she needed. And she made that choice willingly to go. And it was a place of healing for her. I was definitely not easy for her, but being in a place where there's the ocean, there is a slower pace. Yes, there was very much um you know, a supervised agenda and schedule. Yeah. But it was also healing Mm -hmm. and it gave her sense of structure, but also a sense of fluidity because of the ocean and, you know, just the nature and being in nature and, you know, in a smaller environment, a smaller school, because the school she was here was quite large and a totally different culture. And to be part of another culture within Canada, because to me, Nova Scotia and out East, is a totally different, and I want to return there. She wants to actually go live there. She's in Ottawa now. She wants to raise her children there, and she wants her children to go to that school. Wonderful. So I know I did something
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a um, lot right. And, and what yes. you said with grieving, um, grieving is a very, very personal journey. You know, I, I know uh, my best girlfriend, uh, she lost her father many, many years ago, and her mother still grieves. And she, you know, they held hands all the time and very, very close. And so it's it's not something for to look outside for advice for that. It's just to really just listen to someone be with them. You know, I lost my brother to cancer two years ago. Now, I'm an intuitive and empath. So I also uh, speak to nature, I speak to animals, I speak to people who have passed on. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. And as a Reiki master in that, I've done that many years. And I've seen and talked to spirits since I was a little girl that's comes from my dad's side but you know with my brother literally the the day that we he passed I went downstairs to talk to my mom and you know she started of course she was crying and upset and then as we she started talking about some funny times with, with Struther when he was alive and my dad. And as soon as she said that they both popped in the room. And I said to mom, they're both sitting there right at your kitchen table. <laughs> and they're oh, say- wow. yeah, and I said, they're, they're saying to you, that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to be sad, but they're passing. Of course, you miss someone, I miss him at times, or he'll pop in, I go, hey, Struther. And, you know, so, i I know the soul goes on and that's just that's part of my work you know working with that and it's funny because i we have a beautiful willow tree behind us and the willow tree represents uh, inner vision dreams magic and healing and that tree's been there for a lot of challenges and that we've gone through living here for six years and now the like you're saying the ocean and the lakes and the water and the, the new way of being down there you know, it's calling us there. And I've already spoken to the trees and that around the plant, like around our place. And um, I said, Cliff, maybe I should start teaching us or writing this because it's coming to me differently than here. So it's it's kind of exciting. It's exciting. Um, and definitely, like you're saying too, lifestyle, because Cliff, the, my soulmate of 30 years married in the fall, you know, he went through cancer last year and heart surgery. So we really... Started that All those things in your journey, it gets your attention to stop and say, what's important here? Like really, and lifestyle is your whole brand. And to really look at your lifestyle, what's important? I think this pandemic has allowed a lot of people, forced some people to stop, you know, not keep going. And to exactly. re- yeah reconnect on another level. Um, and that's what you had. You had the universe nudging you, you know, during this to you know, to founding your passion, Blue Sky's Life, which is a beautiful brand. I I love it, Christina. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love that you did this. You know, you have the science of cannabis diploma from McMaster also, along with your marketing and e-com and that. You know, I wish they had that when I was, At university, I think those kind of things, not just maybe cannabis, but all these interesting areas that you can choose to go and, you know, learn through. And this has been part of your journey. So let's first talk about your journey with cannabis. And then, how does cannabis, you know, support and help a woman's well being, their mental state, their health, and your story with that? Because a lot of people won't know this.
2: It's a great question. Um, I mean, Canada has been the leader in legalization and actually to your question there about, well, this is a cannabis, the degree in cannabis. Um, that was the first time I believe an accredited university in Canada was offering the course. So I was like, I guess, the first, one of the first graduates, um, de- de- definitely um, the first graduates in that class. Um, and it's a really great course. And it really gives you um, not only the science, but also research and mythology to really understand because there's a lot of claims about cannabis as being and I'm never going to propose that it's a miracle plant so to speak but what I do say is you really need to go back to we need to go back to the roots of our ancient you know forefathers and cannabis was one of those plants and it's not just cannabis but there's many plants but cannabis is to me it is a healing plant and I'll I'll tell you a little bit about my story so which goes back to the corporate burnout. And I feel like sometimes, as you said, the universe gives you messages. I think the universe keeps slapping me about because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, it's like, wake up, Christina. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I'm like, you know, cause I'm like, okay, I have to keep my house. I have to work like, cause you know, it was a lot of financial problems, let's just say. So I was like, you know, working, working, working. And also my definition of success, what I was, you know, a lot of us, especially our generation was like, you know, you need a promotion, you need to make X amount. It wasn't so much about, you know, a fancy house. I just wanted to keep my house so Mm -hmm. I could have, you know, my daughter have a good home. And, and that's really what I was, everything I did, even though maybe she didn't see it that way at the time, I was doing mostly for my daughter and also maybe some affirmations of what I thought success. And maybe I wanted my mother who never really gave me approval and my father about, you know, of a plot, you know, I, they never said what they were proud of me anyway.
1: No, So, but I, I, I want to ask you that really just quickly. Sorry. But, you know, that's something, again, I want the listeners to hear. So if you felt your parents, and, and this was your experience, how you experienced this, they didn't give you approval. Do you think that's why you like, you, you worked hard? I, you know, when I oh, researched yeah. you, you wrote, a, you worked a lot of hours in that corporate world. Do you think you were still searching for that outside of yourself to get that approval?
2: definitely I think mm-hmm. so definitely and then also when I'm passionate and I do go all in and when I was working like um life science and cannabis public space which I did for during pre legalization and legalization I definitely put my whole heart into mm-hmm. it too and then it, I started going back to you can be addicted to um I mean I know I'm starting coming. I'm definitely working hard but uh you can be addicted to that pace it, it keeps your mind sometimes from actually focusing on maybe things that you need to heal <laughs> and and you're right totally right about I, I wanted to, before I always wanted approval and from, and I would tell them what I'm doing, but they would just kind of really dismiss it, especially my mother dismiss it. And then she would actually talk about my brothers and what they were doing. So no matter what I did, so then I came to the conclusion, just really, and during the pandemic, I'm like, you know, I don't need, you know, I'm hopefully they do. And my dad's passed on now, but maybe they are, maybe they are not, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you have to be proud to do things for yourself. And it becomes a never ending pursuit it's like people saying I want to be happy like well you know the way to be happy is you know it's first of all it's not a continuum it's it's it is you know stages and really like moments of joy as I call it but at the end of the day you have to do things for yourself that makes your heart sing and makes you happy and it's never going to be perfect but you can't do it for other people whether it's your parents or your spouse or whoever and and maybe redefine especially the pandemic redefine what success means to you obviously we all have to have you know, money in our bank accounts to pay our bills and as most entrepreneurs it can be a little stressful especially when you're starting out. but at the end of the day you really have to do what makes you feel fulfilled and happy. and if you're working for a company that is not aligned with your core values, which is mm-hmm. what was really mm-hmm. causing me such just um, dis- probably grief um, at points in my life in various corporations. Um, that really would hurt my soul. I don't even know how to say it, it would hurt my soul because I felt like I wasn't having any impact of a positive nature and, and, you know, when you, you need to decide or that you really want to follow your core values, I think that's a turning point that goes back to your why and nothing's always perfect. But at the end of the day, if something goes extremely against your core values, it just, it's not fulfilling. And it's also not going to make you feel successful at the end of the day. So yes, I did work myself literally almost to death and I collapsed in the financial district a few years ago. Um, and, and, you know, as I said, I kind of get smacked about gobsmacked I guess, by the universe. Getting your like attention, telling,
0: okay. right? Yeah. Like, as and even just, we're just, we're yes. talking to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like,
2: and I, sometimes I think, okay, now we're going to throw a brick at her. Maybe she'll get it that. Um, so, you know, I have, I, I was like, you know, you know, doing my fitness and my, you know, Like I call it like now, you know, it's like, it's not just about Lululemon and drinking from your swell bottle. That's not what wellness is. It's really becoming um, aware, self-aware and um, really trying, nothing that's totally balanced. I mean, people talk about balance, but integrating it into your life. So it's, it's more healthy, but I actually collapsed and I was rushed to the hospital. I had been experiencing debilitating migraines for quite many years and it was progressively getting worse. And I always attributed everything that was wrong in my life, quote unquote, to stress. Mm
1: -hmm. Well.
2: You stress know, stress. You. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, okay, it's stress. Who cares? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Just ignore it. Don't listen to it. And, you know, and I would exist off three hours sleep for years and years and years and um, totally not healthy. So I actually came face to floor, and, and I, I sure people's kind of screaming. Cause I, I don't remember because I was out, in and out of consciousness and I was then taken to the hospital, did a whole bunch of cat scans and I couldn't see for about almost 36 hours I I
1: was black that would be scary very scary especially because I'm
2: a visual creative but I think scary regardless so I don't even think
1: that's the word for it that
2: that, it's it it was terrifying it's terrifying and I'm thinking is this permanent but you know I had known throughout my you know experiences before with migraines that sometimes I get those wavy lines or I couldn't see properly so I was in my back of my mind, I was thinking this will pass, this will pass, this will pass. But it was still scary. And so I went through CAT scans and then they put me through, you know, so they they first told me I had brain cancer, which it runs in my family. So it kind of, you know, again, you know, the universe smacks you about, but then they they discovered I had a brain cyst. So that was much less serious. But at the end of the day, it was still causing me a lot of problems with um, really, pain really migraines and pressure and
1: um and they stop you a, migraines i don't have them but my mother had them for years and then they stop but i have clients that have had migraines and it literally stops you you have to go quiet oh, yes. somewhere and it's it's another way to just stop you and you know and,
2: oh it puts you yeah it puts you yeah. on like just stops your life and you know i would take a plethora of um Pain medication to deal with it because at that time it wasn't to me an option to have surgery. I was self-employed and there was a risk that was they were saying that it was a risk if I do this. And um at this point I'm a single mom um raising, I mean my, my her husband her dad was still alive at that point in time, but he wasn't capable or competent to raise her. So I was like, well how am I going to do that? I'm re- I had you know a consulting business. This is not going to work and I cannot afford to lose my site or just the whole thing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just go through this, right? I'm going to muscle through it, like everything I would do in my life. I'm just going to bulldoze through it. It's going to be okay. So I had to take a lot of pain medications, which I became very addicted to. Um, That's how I get through my day. But then I, when I come home, I was not an ideal mother. I'm sure I know. I was, you know, thin. I was. My patience was thin. I was in pain, and sometimes I did have to put literally ice packs. I wouldn't even put a cloth around. I would put ice pack on my head and go in a dark room and you know order takeout or do something or whatever and it was just terrible and one day I had a, a friend of mine she came over and she was helping me because I just was at that point I just needed help and she came over and she goes what are you doing with your life right and I just, she goes you need to try something different I you know feel like sorry for myself I'm like I've tried everything and like just get off my case you know a little defensive and definitely help. so um then she she said why don't you try um cannabis and I looked at her like she had a you know I'm like what I said I don't do drugs what Mm -hmm. are you like what kind of mother would you I am and then she looked at me like I had like what's wrong with you she looked at the bedside table and she goes you do drugs like what what are all these things on the side of your table like these are (laughs) drugs and then I thought about it and I thought wow she actually that that's very makes sense it makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. so I tried it and it did work now I don't I don't I don't judge people who smoke or anything like that but because her father did smoke very heavily. Um, Not cannabis, but to clarify, uh, cigarettes. Um, I did never want to smoke it for my daughter. Not to mention, it just wasn't my lifestyle. Like I was very much into the gym and stuff like that. It just wasn't something I was going to take up. And I didn't like the, the smell per, for me personally. Although now I've started to enjoy the terpenes. <laughs> but um, at that time, so I, I became, started using oils. And I, I found, not only did it help me with the pain. So I was using CBD oil, but also one-to-one. And if I'm at work, I could not use obviously a high level of THC. You can't drive with that. Just to be clear here, anybody who's trying oil, do not drive. It's like THC does have psychoactive um, effects to it and can you know if you're operating heavy machinery of any nature but if you're using a one-to-one but primarily CBD during the day which is non-psychoactive the cannabidiol versus the THC so CBD versus THC Mm -hmm. and there's different ratios of and then there's the minor cannabinoids, which I won't get into a nerdy Mm -hmm. science here so I was using the oils primarily um, and that really helped me but also because I had so much anxiety going on and I had anxiety about having. Pain. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have pain. I'm going to want That would actually set me off because I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with my day? That was anxiety in itself. So, yeah, so the, this is really did help me not only in anxiety, um, but also with my pain level. It kept me a little more calm. I still do this. I feel it. It also, to me, really does help balance out a lot of your immune system we have something called our endocannabinoid system which is uh, what you want to achieve is kind of like quote-unquote balance in your body like we always talk about but it's called homeostasis and it your endocannabinoid is it's kind of like the control system so you know something's going wrong over here in your body then they're going to send you know receptors or the receptors are going to send signals to that portion of your body to you know defend or to you know, correct the situation over here and over there. So it's kind of like to me, like almost like your air control center, like if you're in the airport, you know, like they're con- con- consistently monitoring what's going on, who's coming in, who's coming out, you know, if there's an accident or something like that. So it to me, the endokinib system is really um, measuring and, and responding to anything that's going on in your system. And the cannabinoids themselves, like they can they can attach to your CB one and CB two receptors, which again, that's a whole science class. Yes, it is. But really, yeah. what? Yeah, so it it's really about just regulating your body and help um, respond to things, whether they're you know a sickness or an illness or pain um, or anxiety. Anxiety is a real thing, or even corporate burnout's now actually been uh, you know by who the World Health Organization as you know a state of I wouldn't say disease, but it's a condition. Um, which causes distress and stress as it itself causes so many different ramifications in your health. So, and it also can help with menopause and menstrual. Um, so the pain, you know, that a lot of women, you know, experience, not every woman does, but um, with their hormones, it can really help put things in check and help rebalance. So I do sometimes say, you know, I do feel like cannabis and I should be a first resort versus a last resort because um, a lot of the things I experience, like being, you know, painkillers, they're addictive. Um, I'm not to say that cannabis cannot be just like anything, you know, you have to use things with some supervision and with some moderation of some level, but things like CBD, um, they can't harm you. Nobody's died specifically as a result of using CBD, like directly or cannabis in itself. Um, but, you know, it's it's a great tool in your toolbox is what I say. And there's lots of other healthy alternatives, too, that can help be used with that. With And you also want to make sure that if you are on medication of any nature that you do consult a uh, medical practitioner. But it's a natural plant which can be used to really rebalance and be integrated into your everyday life, just like you would take a vitamin C, perhaps. Hmm. That's kind of how I choose. Yeah. So um, I use CBD oil in general, if not every day, almost every every other day. But it really does help me relax. Um, and if you use um, a one-to-one, it's really nice to sleep because for me, I have post-trauma and it really does. And now I don't have nightmares like I used to. I can go to sleep in general um, a lot easier because I always have things racing through my mind as a lot many women do and mothers in particular, but especially if you have a you know, stressful job. Um, I also would like him to encourage anyone that has a really high stress job. Maybe it's not where you should be because it's going to take a toll on your body. Um, at some point in your life, but cannabis is, I think, something that you know every woman, um, especially you know, if you're you know going through menopause, something you should investigate because uh, instead of hormonal replacement, I have a dear friend and she she found that uh, hormonal replacement, I think it's HRT uh, therapy, really caused havoc with her entire system. Um, but then she went to cannabis as a natural alternative, and it's totally changed her life. So not only from you know just anxiety and all that but also with her hormone um, balances so it's really helped her i'm not saying it's a cure-all be-all but it can be complemented or mitigate or reduce for me reduce the use of painkillers or reduce the use of maybe hrt um, or maybe completely you know it, there's no need for it um, but i think there's everything is in balance and there's so many other plants and getting back to the roots and cannabis was used in ancient chinese medicine it was used in a lot of you know, native uh, medicine. So it has some true therapeutic uh, benefits. And unfortunately, there was a lot of racial stigma that was attached to it, you know, in the 30s and um, in in America, which unfortunately then became racially driven, which I won't go into all of that and it had a stigma. And then the pharma companies also had a stake, you know, in there. And there was all sorts of political and um, financial gains like why this plant was really, you um, I would say scapegoated really at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. because you can look back and there has been so many different elixirs and things. I'm not saying they were all, you know, maybe totally therapeutic in nature, but most of them were meant and they were even Queen Victoria used um, cannabis for, I believe uh, I can't remember if it was postpartum, but it was to do with either childbirth or her menstrual cramps. So that was quite interesting to me when I found that out.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't around when I went through all those things, and I've passed all that now. So,
2: <laughs> well, that's good. Yes, yes, um, yes. I'm cause... kind of starting to be. I'm. I'm not fully in menopause, but I'm starting to experience some of that. It's just a stage of life, and I think women should be valued instead of devalued. I don't want to get into that whole conversation because we are rich. We have created life. We give life, and um, we are a plethora of wisdom. You know that can be handed down. And just because we cannot bear children anymore. Um, it's kind of ironic because, you know, oh, it's that time of the month that, you know, let's just say the other, you know, people say that about a woman and yet then, then now she's going through the change. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. For some reason, our mood is like, and our behavior is gauged on this and not in a positive light and in a negative light. And I'm like, you know, we are women, we are strong, we are resilient, we give life and we should not be put down for that.
1: Well, I also think that, you know, what you said at the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm 62, it's a number. As long as I have my health and well-being, which is important to me, I eat nutritious foods. I'm gonna be in Nova Scotia, so I'm gonna be canoeing and kayaking and hiking and you know, look after myself every day because, you know, um, you know, you talked about self-love, which is part of your products that you offer too, and it's literally part of you know, the title of my book, which is the universe is calling you an inward sacred journey to your heart, soul and self love, because that's where it starts. So that whole Mm -hmm. thing to love yourself and celebrate every year of your life, you're not going to look like you did at 20. You know, I looked at myself the other day, I was, I don't know what going past the mirror. And I I don't know if I was looking at my necklace or something, right. And I could see, you know, different wrinkles and that I thought, Hey, that's where you're at, Moira, that's you. And you know, and there's a picture of me that we were sharing with my niece. She came on the weekend to see her grandmother before we moved. And, you know, there was a, a memory of Cliff and I, when we sold everything, uh, 31 years ago, we went and lived in the Bahamas on a sailboat. And I know water and sailing is close to your heart, Christina. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, um, we found the picture where back then, peer imports was a different pure imports, but you could get very unique things, not expensive. And we got some nice dishes for the two of us in on our boat and we were eating lobster that cliff had dove for with garlic and rice and then we had in the middle i had this fan i was even decorating at the, the, the table i said look i even was doing that back then you know so we he's holding that picture right now in books that he's reading because we just found it it's quite funny but
2: i love that yeah I just yeah love that. you're making me hungry at the same time but it just sounds so <laughs> romantic on every level like spiritually romantically. Um, the adventure, the spontaneity. Um, Yeah. It's just beautiful.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, you know, one, one big thing in communication we learn through marriage. My sister-in-law said this to me, to us um, when we married um, again, that's coming up to 30 years in November, that you two will always be together because you listen to each other and you talk. So you can't let communication break down. And that's what we do. We honor each other. And if you need space or, you know, he's he might have a man cave at this house, and he's thrilled about it. I said, "I'm thrilled that you're going to have your man cave." You know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of funny. And when you're talking about different things, there, you know, uh, woman and you know, and and just just how strong women are, and 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 yes, giving birth and creativity and that. You know, I want to segue into each one of us has male and female, the yin and yang. And mm-hmm. I know you're passionate about working with groups to promote equality and, you know, for women to help break down those barriers, the stigmas, and also the discrimination for the LGBTQ community. How do you go about doing this? And how can other people get involved with this? Because it's also close to my heart.
2: Well, there's something, there's so many ways people can get involved with it. But um, I totally agree with the yin and yang, because I I mean, I I think I do have, I have a very soft side, but I have a very, I don't know, maybe it's because I've had to survive aggressive side, because, and I wouldn't say it's aggressive, but Maybe compared to other women, if I have to get something accomplished or if I have to do something, my other side kind of comes out and I take control because I mm-hmm. had to. I didn't really have a choice. But um, I think that's balanced well. And even when I used to go to the gym, I would do boxing and stuff. So, but I would do my—I I don't know if you knew this—but I actually used to teach belly dance, which is a very feminine uh-huh. art, but I think it's also very powerful.
1: Yeah, I actually
2: taught for twenty years and performed, and it was um, the celebration of the feminine and the strength of the feminine. Just because you're feminine does not mean you're strong, right? So, but I think the energies do come together, and uh, you know, some people exhibit more than others, and and it can be different times in your life as well. So for me, I do have um a transgender brother, and I've watched him go through some really, really hard times, um, especially coming from a Catholic family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have a gay, younger brother as well. So it um, you know, it's very close to my heart because I've seen, you know, especially with my one transgender brother, the discrimination and really mm-hmm. also it was heart-wrenching for me to watch him go through it because of an internal struggle. And I think that still exists within him because of our religion and because of my, my father's disapproval. So, you know, it's just letting people be people and mm-hmm. um, love is love. And at the end of the day, people are people. Um, it, like, yes, there's male, female energy. And I think there's obviously, you know, all in between and shades of gray within that with LGBTQ. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe in equality. And unfortunately, especially with, you know, minority and women in general, there's been gender disparity in terms of pay um, rights. Um, you know, obviously, we are maybe not as strong physically as as men. So sometimes we're you know, exposed to abuse that wouldn't necessarily happen. And also just the way society treats that. Um is not necessarily, especially in certain cultures, even rape is not considered a crime where all these things, you know, and it comes down to a really toxic culture, um, whether it's here in North America or in some countries, which I won't, you know, mention, but I mean, we can all figure those mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. It's where where we don't have a balance of patriarchy or, or the matriarchal energy. Um, I think it's coming together. And that's a true successful culture is when we can actually have both male female and LGBTQ just accepting people for what they are when you really get down to all the differences in the world I mean it you can make it so simple and just make it about love and love each other and communicate um, and being fair to each other and that's relative I suppose and subjective but getting involved I think the simplest for me I think it's really voicing it Mm -hmm. Um, you know if you see someone for example um, being not treated equally um, whether it's in the workplace or, you know, at a bar or down the street, or your neighbor, speak up, speak up. Um, that to me is the best way to get involved. And you might people say, oh, they're afraid to or what if they, you know, target me? Well, you know, I think being quiet is is the worst crime of all, because you are condoning that behavior. And whether it's sexual harassment in the workplace, which I've experienced, um, or, you know, totally bullying in the workplace or bullying in, as I said, you know, it can happen just downtown Toronto, obviously, or, you know, even in a very religious rural area. um, I think speaking up is the best thing. There's so many different organizations. I'm also a volunteer in Zonta International, which is um, an organization internationally, which champions uh, women and young girls' rights um, to end child marriage, for example. Um, and all about equality in certain areas of the world have more challenges than we do here, but really speaking up as a, a un- unified force. And I think the LGBT community is, um, you know, coming together more and more, obviously, with awareness, and certain countries are more open about it than others. But I think just communication has to keep going and and, you know, standing up for each other and loving each other. It's simple as that. But um, if, you know, I have Making Her Story, which I may have to change the name of it just due to some trademark situations. But um, it's really about creating, I think, wealth. When I say building wealth, I go about that as a whole. Um, W-E-L-L-T-H. So not necessarily the wealth that we think of as money, but the wealth of in our soul and caring about the wealth of others. Um, Why would we want to put someone down and make them feel less than? I don't understand that. uh, Because that karma that energy I mean, I, I, some people think that's all woo, but I really do feel that you will meet, you know, you, whatever you put out will be reflected back into you at some point in your life. Um, and just love, love each other, support each other, speak up. And there's so many different organizations. And if you want to contact me, um, I, I do, I'm very active on, for example, Clubhouse, which is an app there. And I have Making Her Story as a club there. I will do I do different rooms about all different topics about not just women, because it's we all have to come together uh, and making her story is about not just women but women men who support women and also about the lgbtq uh and i think we all as you said have male and female energy we can all share stories from both perspectives whether you're a man or a woman and then i'm looking uh to actually i'm in the progress of putting that onto my website as well to creating a platform there in conjunction with Blue Sky's life Excellent. yeah and so it's about non-toxic thinking so mm-hmm. um so non-toxic products, non-toxic thinking.
1: Well, part of the, my brand and myself, you know, being an entrepreneur really for, well, since my late 20s, and I said I'm 62, so a long time, <laughs> and always to do with healing or coaching or, um, but the healing arts and coaching and really living your best life. That's been my whole thing mm. the whole time. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you, what would Christina, if you sat down and thought about it, what wisdom, Jim, would you offer to your 21-year-old now that you're almost 49?
2: That's um, a great <laughs> question as well. Um, I mean, I wish I could know everything I knew, know now, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have made the same choices. and I would have had the same life. So mm-hmm. I think the the biggest thing I would tell myself is don't be afraid to fail. I always thought I had to be perfect. I mean, I still fight with that, that perfection, am a perfectionist by nature and probably because I always wanted approval from, but it's probably somewhat within my personality, but don't be afraid to be, to fail because from the failures, I've learned a lot of things and they set me on different paths. So mm-hmm. it's better to try than not try at all and, and speak up, um, you know, especially professionally, um, as a woman in a boardroom, but speak up in general and in society, especially when we grew up, was a kind of a different time. So women were more quiet, but don't be afraid to fail. Um, those failures will, you know, be your successes really at the end of the day, because they will set you on a new path. But if you let those failures define you, um, you know, it'll be sad because you won't really move forward. And you, you sometimes you don't always learn initially from the first or second, but as I said, sometimes the universe just smacks you about until you till you get it. But I think that is, and speak up, speak up and be heard. And your voice is worthy to be heard. Um, And I think that is one of the best things I could say to my former self is, yes, um, go for it. Don't be afraid of failing, especially when you're young. My God, you have so much time and so much time to learn and nothing has to be perfect. Be be happy by being imperfectly. I think that's the most beautiful thing. Imperfectly beautiful.
1: And I think, uh, thank you. And I I believe like every day is a gift. And, you know, I say to people, I'm not talking about horrendous um, areas in life, but, you know, all the challenges and obstacles that come our way, I believe that there is a gift in it if we reframe that and look at it and what can I learn from this? And with that, you have expansion. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the universe loves expansion and growth because it's for the unity of all. And part of this show is about, you know, raising the consciousness and the vibration of the planet to heal humanity and our earth and love our earth, protect her. She's our home and she's alive. And when you said about trying in that, yeah, definitely do. You know, Yoda says do. You know, you make a decision, yeah. go and do. Um, try doesn't always, for me, this is just me, get you right in the door. The commitment of doing and taking action and inspired action you know, that just takes the next step shows up in our life. And then we have these miracles that happen. And it's a different way of perceiving life. And, you know, and focusing on gratitude and appreciation and knowing that's not ignorance, there's things happening in the world. It's really focusing on that and sending out that love. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that beautiful part of who we are, that's what who we are, we're love. Christina, exactly. Yeah, can, can you share with our listeners today, your special offering gift that you've created for them, because I like it uniquely to be for them. And all these links will be below this episode. Sorry for my pingdemic
2: again. Um, yes, I'm going to somehow they got through again. <laughs> um, I think mm-hmm. it has a timer on my, uh, my alerts. So yes, I'm happy to offer. Um, I, just a one thing I want to add to what you said, intentional living and yeah, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm intentional living so i i always want to inspire women and help and um i do believe in self-love and self-care and, and sometimes with the simplest things so um blue skies life um if you know anybody would like to take me up on it um any purchase over 100 dollars, i will happy to send i call it the tranquil trio or um or you know any any bombs actually of your choice bath bombs meaning not bombs <laughs> bath bombs um which are natural organic um ingredients there is no uh, phthalates or parabens or anything like that in that and no artificial dyes so um and we have orange bergamot and we have lemongrass and we have lavender dreams as i call them
1: Mm, so with
2: any purchase over a hundred dollars i will send you also a trio of The bath bombs which is about $30 worth of value Um, but it's really more than $30 it's really just it's a tranquil experience and even if you do buy one set of like several sets of bath bombs you'll get another one so whatever you choose but there's on my site I have a whole batch of plethora of really beautiful products that are Mm -hmm. really helped you heal mind body and home um, including even uh, silk kimonos but my other was um, even if you just sign up I'll be uh, putting a link down below with your podcast Um, because I really do believe in non-toxic ingredients, because when I got sick, I was uh, experiencing a lot of skin conditions due to stress, and um, the toxic ingredients, a lot of people don't know that the average woman puts 515 chemicals on her body each and every day, and up to 60% of that is absorbed into your bloodstream, so long-term effects, as you can imagine carcinogens, mm-hmm. cancer, even cognitive decline. So our skin is the largest organ in our body. So let's take care of it, right? It's the one thing that will be invested in the rest of our life. So um, what was I Oh, yes, going back to that. So if you sign up for that, there'll be a landing page link and I will send you a PDF, a wallet size of I call it the dirty list um, of ingredients. I just want women to be aware because you know, I the dirty dozen, it. right? Yeah, yes. they called it a dirty dozen. I don't want to infringe on any copyright. But no, uh, no, not probably. the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, it's called the dirty list that I have, and it might be more than a dozen in there. But it's it's pretty easy, so you can put that in your wallet, or you could take a picture with you your phone. Whatever it's, um, so a downloadable little wallet size that you can keep with you when you're shopping for, where you don't have to shop on my company or you know on my website. But uh, if you're taking it when you're going to if you're in Canada, you know, in one of the beauty stores, um, like even like I won't mention brand names, but yeah, be wary of those things because parabens, phthalates, for example which I won't go into all of those two, but they, they can totally disrupt your endocrine system and your hormonal balance as well. So be careful. Um, so you can download that for free. And also there'll be a link to where you can also, um, you know, reach out to me and i give a complimentary 30 minute consultation, whether you want to discuss cannabis, whether you want to discuss non-toxic ingredients, or I also do coach women in particular, executive women, but you don't have to be an executive um, about corporate burnout and corporate burnout It's not just corporate. I mean, we talk about corporate burnout, but it can be burnout. You know, if you're even at home as a mom and you're trying to raise these children and you have all these other stresses going on in your life, it's just really burnout as a whole. Um, And I also help women who have, you know, overcome or are going through to overcome loss. And it's not really overcoming, sorry, that's not the right word, but to get through to the other side. So I really want to help women on whatever level I can. So I'll be having those links that you can click down below in your podcast.
1: Mm -hmm. They'll definitely be there. Christina, thank you for sharing from your heart and soul, your wisdom on how to unlock your beautiful and live your blue skies life. Namaste. Namaste.
0: Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.